All right, I want you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 24. I want to talk just in the remaining time that we have. I want to talk about the benefits of, of praying in tongues. And uh, it's really important because in every service uh, in the church, and we'll look at that if we have time, you have those that the Bible calls as the learned. So those would be people who know their Bible, they're, they're filled, <coughs> excuse me, with the Holy Spirit. They're a believer who is speaking in tongues. And then the Bible goes on and says that there's the uh, unlearned. So they're Christians, they're believers, but they've never been taught correctly about the things of the Spirit or even speaking in tongues. And then the Bible says the other, and that is there's the unbeliever. And so we want to talk about the benefits because um, if I told you that there is a a benefit of coming to the nine o'clock service more so than 11, that at the nine o'clock service, we give a thousand dollars per person that comes the 11 o'clock. We only give a dollar. Which service would you value? You know, it's the same way, you know, people, they get filled with the Holy ghost and you tell them there's a benefit and they don't act like they're interested. There is incredible benefits. So let's look at Luke chapter 24. Look at verse 49. And Jesus said, behold, I will send the promise of my father upon you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to wait, because if you want this verse uh, and you have to wait, then you need to go to Jerusalem to truly fulfill it. So you don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit. And the scripture does say in 1 Corinthians 12 that um, the, 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 the Lord gives um, his gifts as he wills. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's a, it's a promise. It's not one of the gifts of the Spirit where it talks about speaking in tongues. That's talking about messages from God in tongues. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, just like baptism in water, is to be given to anyone. Okay? So don't confuse it. Don't let a preacher tell you what's given to some and not others, or it's as he wills. No. It's a gift. It's a, it's a promise. It's a gift in the sense that it's a promise. You understand that. But All right. Now look here. He said, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So one of the things that you receive is power. Acts 1.8, we're just going to go very quickly. But you shall receive power. Notice the next part. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So notice it wasn't before, it was after. After the Holy Ghost comes on you, after you speak in tongues, you will receive power power. How many of you know one of the, the top benefits of praying in tongues on a regular basis is you keep the flow of power in your life? That power is not just God moving through you, but it's an enabling. You have this inner might, this inner strength, this inner power that you feel when you build yourselves up by praying in tongues. Now look at Acts chapter 2. Let's look at what happened in verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. That's even uh, Jesus's mother, Mary. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven out, out of, uh, as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like a fire. Watch this. And it sat on each of them. Every person got it because it's not the gift of tongues. It's the promise of the Father, the baptism of the Holy Spirit given to all. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues 
That was the evidence that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's the evidence today. Now, one of the things that's important as I was studying this, I thought for a moment, what would happen? Think about this. What would happen if everybody that said they were a Christian was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues? Now, before you answer, think about that. What would happen if every single Christian was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues? What would happen with those who are filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues? What would happen if they just increased the amount of speaking in tongues? What would happen if whole churches would come together and say on our Wednesday nights, we're going to take 10, 15 minutes and we are all going to speak in tongues unto God together? What would happen? What would happen if we would say, all right, at noon every day, those of you that are Christians and filled with the Holy Spirit, I want to challenge you at noon, lift up your voice and begin to pray in tongues. What would happen to the state of the believer? What would happen to the state of God's church worldwide? What would happen to our political landscape? What would happen to the darkness that seems like it has the upper hand? What would happen... Come on, to our social media. <laughs> what would happen with our fake news? I'm telling you, God is challenging his church to increase. Come on, give God a hand. He's, he's challenging his church to pray in tongues. Well, you say, well, why? Think about this for a moment. In Genesis chapter 11, you read the story about the Tower of Babel. And, and God himself said something very, very important about what happened in Genesis 11. He said, as they all spoke the same language, and they decided with their pride and their arrogance, their Luciferian spirit, that new world order, just said, you know what, we're going to do this. But they didn't include God, just like these Democrats and these rhinos and all these other idiots, how they think that they can build something their new world order, their government without God. And God went down to the earth at that time that all spoke what? The same language. And he said, let us, speaking of the Trinity, go down and let's disperse their language. Let's begin to um, go down and, and, and touch their, their tongues, so to speak, that they'll babble, <laughs> okay? And there was the different languages that were brought forth in the earth. Well, different languages have ruled the earth. But when Pentecost came, this is why don't resist speaking in tongues. When Pentecost came, it was to bring the power of one language back in the earth again. This time, not to build in dishonor or defiance against God, but for the Lord to build his church with the unity of the spirit. This is why it's extremely important that you come on Wednesday nights and we all gather together and pray in tongues. There's something that God is going to break of the division that has been in his church and in the nation and in the earth by us gathering together in tongues. Are you here? All right, now let's go on. Some people think that speaking in tongues passed away. But it was part of the Great Commission. In fact, evangelicals will, by the thousands, brag how they are mission-minded churches. But if you ask them a question, 
mission-minded churches, sending out missionaries and being part of the Great Commission, if you ask them, are you getting people that you're sending filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, many would say, we don't believe that. Others would say that's not necessary. Yet Jesus required his missionaries, you could say, to stay in the upper room until they received power and spoke in tongues. And then he said, watch, Mark 16. This is what he said after they were filled. Going to all the world, you tongue talkers. He didn't commission them and assign them until they were tongue talkers. It's amazing how the evangelicals think they rule the world or they rule the revelation of evangelism, yet you're doing it. Yeah, you're okay at it. I I agree. People are getting saved. But what would happen if you had them pray in tongues? Imagine it would increase our effectiveness. Mark 16, 15 through 17. And Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Watch this. Verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out devils. They'll speak with what? New tongues. So that's part of what he wanted. Tongues didn't pass away. If they passed away, he would have said, well... You know, uh, in my name, they'll cast out devils. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And boys, you're, you're filled with the spirit, but nobody else is after that. So don't even try. He commissioned them also get people filled with the spirit. So if it just mysteriously passed away, why would he be commissioning them to get them filled with the spirit so they could speak in tongues? Now watch people will quote this first Corinthians 13, eight, the Baptists love this one. It says, love never fails. I've had some Baptists argue, say, we don't speak in tongues because we walk in more love than the charismatics. I'm like, how how is that? Because of 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Okay, tongues has ceased, but love hasn't, and we've got more love. Okay, whatever. Charity never fails, but whether there be prophecies, they're going to fail. Hmm, we just read some prophecies. Doesn't look like they're failing to me. Whether there be tongues, oh, see right there, they're going to cease. Whether there be knowledge, it's going to vanish away. But see, they never quote that one. So if this was a verse saying that prophecy ended, tongues ended, then how come we're sending our kids to liberal universities to gain knowledge? Why did we go to college to gain knowledge? It's gone. It's vanished. We're all stupid. (laughs) you talk to Hillary, she thinks you're, you know, a deplorable. Listen, there's four things that can take you out of this earth and ruin you. Pride, money, and sex with the person that's not your wife or husband. And Hillary Clinton. Those are four things that can take you out of this earth. Now, let's get back to my study here. So... (laughs) Yeah. So, let's get back to our message. (laughs) Whether there be prophecies, they're going to fail. Whether there be tongues, they're going to cease. And whether there be knowledge, it's going to vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. He's telling us that right now we only have a part. But when that which is perfect, okay, what is that which is perfect when it comes? 
Then that which is in part, what's in part? Tongues, prophecy, and knowledge. And when we get to heaven, when that which is perfect, we aren't going to need knowledge. We're going to know all things. We're not going to need to prophesy the word of the Lord. We're going to know it. And we're not going to need to speak in tongues. We're going to speak all the same language of heaven. So this is not saying. Now, to further show you, if this tongues disappeared and Paul was speaking of that in 1 Corinthians 13, 8, why would he then say and devote a whole chapter, 1 Corinthians 14? 1 Corinthians 14 is all about speaking in tongues. Look at verse 2. If it was to pass away in 1 Corinthians 13, 8, there wouldn't be a chapter 14 on tongues. But look at what he says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. If any man thinks uh, or speaketh in an unknown tongue, he speaks not unto man. Well, why would he need to explain it? If it passed away. Because he didn't pass away. And that's not what that verse is talking about. For he that speaks an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. Do you know that every time, right? You want to hear what my spirit sounds like? Well, it sounds like you, Pastor Hank. That's right, because I'm a spirit. So are you. This is just an outer shell, and I happen to have a soul, which is my mind, my will, and my emotions. That's why to lose your soul, if you go to hell, you know what hell is? You lose your mind. You lose your will. And you lose your emotions. They're out of control. Don't lose your soul. Now, here's what is amazing. You speak unto God in the spirit. For no man understands him. How be in the spirit? You just heard my spirit speaking. He speaks mysteries. How many want to hear the voice of your spirit? Right, I'm going to show you. All right. So one day I was on an airplane. And... Uh, how many like flying? <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. But I was flying the friendly, unfriendly. I think they were friendly then, but now they're the unfriendly skies. You know, there's, everybody's mean and nasty, and especially when they had those god-awful masks, right? And the mask police, right? You know, they're all having theirs down right here, or they take it down to talk to you. Put your mask back on. And then they leave theirs off. Right? And you, you know, you're sleeping and you're kind of wiping your nose and you forget that it goes down. Or then they get mad at me because, you know, one pretzel I didn't realize could take three hours to eat. It was just amazing. <laughs> so, so one day, <laughs> one day I was going to a meeting and I was sitting uh, in my, my uh, seat there and I, and I started praying in tongues and I said, Lord, I just, I am just worn out, man. And I got to get off this plane and I got to get right to a meeting and I got to preach. And so uh, I was praying in tongues. I thought, you know what? I don't want to pray in tongues. I don't want to move my mouth. And so, I, you know, I trained my spirit to do something. So I just, you know, shut my mouth. I didn't move my mouth and I didn't move my tongues, my tongue. Now, how many ever heard of Watchman Nee? He prayed in tongues all the time, but yet they cut his tongue off. So how is he going to pray in tongues? He doesn't have a tongue. Because your spirit is not subject to your natural tongue. So I remember that story and I trained my spirit years ago to not move my mouth, not move my tongue and just pray in tongues. So I was just sitting there and I was, I was just praying in tongues. 
just like I'm doing now. And the guy pushed my seat behind me. He said, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. I can feel it. Stop it. And he had red eyes. I'm serious. He had red eyes. Not because he was drunk. He was the Terminator. No, he wasn't. No, he, was, he was trying to, well, he was. He was trying to terminate my praying in tongues. And so I turned around and I literally unbuckled my seatbelt because I like confrontation. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, I can feel it. And he's doing this. He's manifesting. I said, no. Put my seatbelt on and I kept praying in tongues. My spirit was like this. All right. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to watch now. When every one of you that speaks in tongues to open your mouth and begin to speak in tongues. All right. Now, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes. Unless you're driving, close your eyes. And I want you to do this. Do not move your mouth. Do not move your tongue. When I say pray in tongues as loud as you can without moving your mouth, without moving your tongue, close your eyes, pray in tongues now as strong as you can on the inside of you. Don't move your mouth. Don't move your lips. Go. Okay, how many feel it? Okay, let me ask you a question. How many did that? Okay, where'd you feel it? Point to it. You felt it in your belly. Notice your head was trying to do stuff. You heard the voice of your spirit. When God talks to me, I hear him here. Because I've trained it spirit to spirit. When I know God's getting ready to talk to me, I feel it down here. There's a weight that I feel. You just heard the voice of your spirit. Notice why did you feel it in your belly? How many felt it in your belly? Come on, raise your hand. Do it again. Do it again. Close your eyes as loud as you can without moving your mouth or your tongue. Put volume in it. Let your spirit, come on, hear your spirit. Go, do it. Where do you feel the pull? Your head wants to try to get in there, but it, 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 it can't. Where do you feel it? Come on, those of you that are watching, you feel it down here. How many feel it down here? John 7, verses 37 through 39. Now, why should you pray in tongues? Because in every human being, I don't care who they are, there's a thirst to know God. The problem is they search for God by other means. Because they don't really realize that that thirst inside of them for love or for acceptance is really their thirst for God. You know, God introduced himself to me when I was five years old. When I was living on Guam, I'll never forget it. He introduced himself to me. And I didn't even really know who he was, but I knew. He told me, he said, you do what is good in life. And, and he talked to me in terms of a five-year-old. Told me his hand was on me. And, and I remember going, wow, I want to know, what, what is this? Why, why, you know, I didn't hear a voice on the outside, but something was speaking to me. And I began to thirst for it. But look here. How do you increase that thirst? Jesus said in the last days, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried saying, if any man, what? Thirst. So there's a thirst that comes when you get saved. 
a satisfying, but then there's a continual thirst. Oh, God, I want to know you. And one of the greatest ways to go deeper intimately with God, 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says, let the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. When you pray in tongues, I just showed you the verse, 1 Corinthians 14, 2, he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks unto God, not men. So if you want to go deeper with God, spirit, your spirit to his spirit, pray in tongues. And you will have a divine flow. God will talk to you. You will talk to God in the spirit. And he will share things with you. You'll get divine ideas. You'll get revelations. You'll get instruction. You'll get, come on. And so he said, if you thirst, let him drink. Now watch what he talks about. Now where did you feel it? How many of you felt it in your belly? And those of you that are watching, those of you in chapel, notice what Jesus said. He's, here's why you did. That's where your spirit's located. Verse 38. He said... He that believes on me, as my word says, out of his what? Belly. Shall flow rivers of living water. You were listening to your spirit. And what Jesus said was the flow of living water. At nighttime, I lay on my bed. And I just sit there and I pray in tongues like that for a long time. And I'm telling you, your spirit, you know, when it says that you, you build your spirit, man, I'm telling you, sometimes my spirit will start going like this because it's so full. I can feel it. Yes. Out of his belly shall full rivers of living water. What was he talking about? He's going to tell you what you just did. Verse 39. But this he spoke of, of the spirit, which they believe on him should receive for the Holy Ghost was what? Not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So I want you to practice this week, and I want you to practice. How many of you are going to practice like that? And you'll get good at it. Your, your spirit, because your mind will want to get in the way first. Like, what am I doing? And, but you keep feeling this pull. How many of you feel that pull? How many of you felt it? It was trying to go to your head, but you could feel it was coming from your belly. Keep doing it, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, let's go on, because tongues didn't cease. But I want you to look at what Paul said. And this is very important, because how many of you have ever read 1 Corinthians 14? It's, it's it talking about praying in tongues to God is part of the chapter where you're speaking mysteries. It doesn't require an interpretation. Then Paul goes on and he's talking about the confusion, the disorder of what was happening. People were just getting up and they were prophesying. They were getting behind the pulpit and interrupting and, and they were doing things in order. That's why 1 Corinthians 14, the chapter ends with, with him talking about uh, the things of the Spirit. Do, do things in decency and in order. So all through the chapter he's talking about, hey, you can talk to God in tongues. And you don't need an interpretation because you're speaking to God. Then he goes on and says, yeah, but if God is speaking a message in tongues, it needs an interpretation. And it's, it, it's, it's equivalent to prophecy. Then he goes on in 1 Corinthians 14 and he gets into the woman question. And, and, and people have written books, anti-women. Women shouldn't preach in the church. Women need to be silent in the church. And they don't understand that that violates so many other scriptures and, uh, you know, if they were to be all quiet, why would there be women deaconesses? Why was one of the women uh, who was a, a very powerful woman, uh, uh, Aquila and Priscilla, powerful woman. And she uh, was part of, with her husband, teaching one of a strong apostles, Apollos, um, who became a powerful apostle, the word of God more earnestly or correctly. You had Junius, which history tells you was... One of the first women apostles. Church history supports it. 
Okay? So women were in the church. Women did speak in the church. Women did have a voice in the church. The first person Jesus commissioned to preach the gospel was a woman. So he didn't discount them. What the chapter's about is order and how they were operating. And they were out of order, just like some churches. You know, everybody wants to prophesy. Everybody prophesies. Everybody has a word. And it's just out of order, chaos. I've been to churches like that. And it's like just, I'm, I'm like... People, there's no order here. So Paul was talking about order. And, and you need to understand it in that context because that's really how it was written. Now, now look at 1 Corinthians 14, 37. So Paul says all that, and I'm going to make a point. Notice what he brings up. He brings up tongues. And he brings up the valuing of praying in tongues. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 37. If any man thinks of himself... To be a prophet. That was another problem they were having. People thought they were prophets and get up and prophesy and disrupt the church. And there was no order. Women were getting up especially. And they were usurping authority over their husbands. And he said, man, let them be silent. Okay? Are you here? So he was talking about order. If any man thinks of himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him or them acknowledge the things that I write unto you, that they're not suggestions. They're commandments of the Lord. Now, if you don't understand the context of 1 Corinthians 14, you will think that Pastor Brenda shouldn't preach. And you'll write nasty things on the internet, which some people who are misinformed have done. Bye. Right? Now, here's the thing. If any man thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge the things that I write unto you that are commandments of the Lord. Then he goes on and he's still talking about what is the commandment of the Lord. Watch this. And he, and he, doesn't, even, he doesn't even try to um, persuade the ignorant. Sometimes we are so busy speaking to the fools and to the ignorant. Come on, social media people. And look what Paul said. Paul said in verse 38, if any man wants to be ignorant, let him be ignorant. They want to be ignorant about what it really means for women to preach in the church? That's your ignorance. You have a right to your ignorance, right? My dad used to tell me all the time, Hank, always be tolerant with a person who disagrees with you. Always be tolerant with someone who disagrees with you. And then he would say, because they have their right to their ridiculous opinions. <laughs> Amen. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. If they don't want to learn to grow, they don't have to. That's on them. However, look at verse 39. He's saying, if you want to be ignorant of these things, then you can be ignorant. You want to continue to be disorderly with these things, then that's on you. But I'm teaching order as the command of God. And then he goes on and he says in verse 39, Brethren, you should desire to prophesy. So prophecies didn't fade away. And you should not forbid to speak with tongues. Come on. That's a word that ought to be posted on every social media page, every billboard to these bozo pastors that think that the, 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 the visitor or the guest is going to be so offended that you speak in tongues and they forbid it. Right? 
And yet Paul's saying these are the commands of the Lord. Now, go back up to verse 37 and notice what he said. He didn't just say, hey, man, they are the commandments of the Lord. He said, let him acknowledge that the things that I wrote to you are the commandments of the Lord. He was telling them, you need to acknowledge it. But ultimately, if you want to be ignorant of the things that I'm telling you, that's on you. But you need to acknowledge it because I'm not speaking of my own opinion. And then he continues on in his message that they need to acknowledge that is of the Lord. Verse 39, forbid them not to speak with tongues. In other words, put a benefit and a value of speaking in tongues. Individually and everybody coming into the church and having a tongue-talking church. I think I'll pray in tongues. Come on. Oh, it feels so good. <laughs> so, I'm a good pastor. I didn't forbid you to pray in tongues. Then he goes on, he goes, now, if you're going to do all of this, verse 40, let all things be done decently and in order. Now, where you get that word decently and in order is the word where you get uh, the English word taxis. It's, it's in the spirit, it's, it's like taxis. You, you, need to, you need to do things, decency and in order. In other words, there's a certain flow. There's a certain way to get where you need to go. Just like a taxi, you have to have certain orders. There's, you know, the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit is a vehicle that carries you. But you got to have order to it, correct? Now look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. Remember, praying in tongues is your spirit praying within you unto God. Let's look at that again. Don't forbid, put value on speaking in tongues. What would happen if we who speak in tongues would put more value on it and do it every single day and increase the amount. What if we that are Christians who aren't filled with the Holy Spirit quit listening to lies that say, well, it's of the devil. It passed away. That's not for me. Well, why isn't it for you? Why do you keep resisting it? You're not putting value on it. You're forbidding to speak in tongues. Time to put value on it. Why? Because the enemy knows Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel. What would happen if everyone began to speak in tongues the language of heaven? What could we build for God's kingdom that would reach higher than any corrupt government? Or the things that they're trying to build with their elitist new world order. You ever thought about that? All right, so let's go on. Now, here's the thing. Notice what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 2. This is why you need to pray in tongues. This is so important. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God, for no man understands him. And how be it in the spirit, or his spirit is praying. What is he praying? He's praying mysteries. Now, mysteries don't necessarily mean just because it's a mystery that it can't be solved Right? I'm, I just am releasing my third children's series called P. August Detective at Lard. He's a pig. And he has a sty team. And I'm writing a mystery. Yeah, I am. It's so funny. It's hilarious. I've been laughing at it. That could be dangerous, right? The guy that writes it thinks it's funny. But it is. It's hilarious. You're going to love it. But, but here's the thing. 
When you pray in tongues, look at 1 Corinthians 2. Go back to 1 Corinthians 2 on the subject of mysteries. I've had people say, well, we don't know what we're praying about, so I value it. Why do it? It's just mysteries. Yeah, but they're mysteries that will be revealed to you. They're mysteries that will release the divine uh, uh, plan of God for your life. God will speak to you about other people. He'll speak to you about other things. He'll, he'll download pictures because there's three primary ways that God speaks to you. Remember on the day of Pentecost, you see the three primary ways that God speaks. He speaks spirit to spirit. So here's how your spirit is going to recognize God. You know, remember, there came a sound from heaven. Sound, okay, something you hear. Learn to not hear in your head. There's plenty of people in insane asylums that hear voices, all right? You got to learn to hear God in your spirit, okay? When you pray in tongues, you will hear God speak mysteries that will be revealed. He'll give you direction. You'll hear it. Here's another way. You see something. Acts chapter 2, it says, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues. So they saw. What did they see? Tongues of fire sitting on each of them. And then the third way is something you feel, you perceive. And it says that it began to feel, uh, fill all the house where they were sitting. So there was a perceiving. There was a sensing. They could feel it. That's how I know when I'm supposed to prophesy and when I'm not. Because my, my gut, I'll start feeling it. It's like my heart. That's what my heart. I'll start feeling it. God wants to talk. He wants to say something. And then when I ignore it, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Until sometimes when I, by the time I walk out here, it feels so heavy on me that the only way to get this heavy presence off is to release what God is saying. So this is important. Well, pastor, how do you get there? I stay in contact with him spirit to spirit. I worship him in tongues. I worship him in English. I quote the word back. I decree the word, but I pray in tongues and I keep my spirit connected to God. Now look what first Corinthians two verses six through seven. How be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Yet not the wisdom of the world. Come on, I'm not interested in their goofball wisdom. Their woke philosophies. I heard somebody say, yeah, the new word you can't even touch now is the word the. Right? And and. Right? Yet not the wisdom of the world, nor of the princes of this world that come to nothing. But we... Speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. So how did he speak God's wisdom? By praying out the mysteries. By building those mysteries on the inside of him so that when he opened his mouth, the hidden mysteries, which God ordained before the world, began to be made manifest. That's what I like about Flashpoint. Pastor Gene will ask a question. I don't listen to the news. They, they show me something and be like, sometimes talking to the ear of the director. Um, hey, uh, Micah. Uh, I don't, I've never seen that clip. What does that mean? And they'll tell me. And I'll say, okay, if you come to me, I think I know something. And then I just open my mouth. I mean, have you ever tried that? To comment on something you've never seen or heard before? I'm glad because when I do open my mouth, the hidden mystery. God and his perspective about something I have no clue in my head about because I haven't read it, I haven't seen it, and I even had time to think about it. And then I can tell you what God says about it. I can tell you if it feels right. I can tell you if it's off. Okay, the, uh, Flashpoint Tuesday night, you know, God spoke to me. I, I was, uh, last week, uh, you know, there was, I, I watched Flashpoint Thursday and some guy was on there and he was talking about, you know, how serious it is, the empty shelves. I mean, he watched it. 
And uh, so I went to the Lord and I said, God, talk to me. What's going on? What, what is this about empty shells? What, what saith you? And he, he spoke to me. And it was very profound what he said to me. And I'm going to probably share it on Flashpoint. Um, and I, I'm not trying to just bait you to watch Flashpoint. I'm just saying for the sake of time. But he said something to me about it. And so I'll share it in the right timing here. So you speak out the mysteries of God. I'm going to close. Pastor Doug, can you come? Um, why did Paul say this? 1 Corinthians 14, 18. This is what Paul said. He said, I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all. Now, if you were in jail as much as he was, and you had rats crawling around and you're in a cesspool, you'd probably be pray praying in tongues also. Wouldn't you? Amen. So he said, I pray in tongues more than you all. You know why he said that? Because he was putting a value on it. He was trying to say to them, guys, I'm telling you, I'm putting value on it. I pray in tongues more than you all. I want to challenge you. Where, do you, where are you numbered? Those of you that are watching, where are you numbered as you stand to your feet? If God was to look down from heaven, where, where are you numbered as far as those who, like Paul says, I pray in tongues more than you all? Or are you one of those that God would say, um, you pray in tongues less than anyone? You don't pray in tongues either at all. You pray in tongues very, very little. And you know what we don't understand? Is I, and I, I really don't get this. I don't understand when people say to me, Oh, I'm just so afraid. Oh, I'm so tired. Oh, I just want to give up. And, and, I, and I understand. There is reasons to be in fear. Yes or no? Nobody's denying that. Is there reasons to quit? Feel like giving up? Yes. But you know what keeps you from being in fear? Giving up your spirit. When you pray in tongues and you build up your spirit, man, according to the book of Jude, you build up your spirit, man. You're doing spiritual and natural, you know, reps, so to speak. You are becoming so strong that the things of this earth and the things that people say, it doesn't affect you. Because you're connected to God in the spirit. And, and when you're praying to him, those hidden mysteries are being downloaded. That's why you can hear information. And, and me, who I don't read the headlines, and you know, I don't, it's not like I don't ever read them. I, I, I see them every once in a while. But the point is that I'm not moved by it. Well, why? Because there's been download of hidden mysteries. There's revelation. People say, well, pastor, you know, how come you don't back off? Why should I have seen the future? Well, how'd you see the future? being with God yeah but it doesn't look like it none of those things it doesn't look like it wow it may not look like it but it doesn't mean it's not going to happen right Nebraska stunk for 20 years but it doesn't mean that this year they can't turn it around I mean let's go man right <laughs> so, anyway all right Pastor Doug you better close with that I, I don't know all right, how many got some out of this? I was just trying to teach you today. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to teach you so that you can get stronger. All right, so um, I got to give them a homework. Come on, Pastor. Okay, so what's your homework? Pray in tongues without moving your mouth and your lips and do it. Listen to, to me. You know, I've had people and they write in, bless your heart on the internet, and, and I have compassion for you and I pray for you when I see this. You say, I've tried to pray in tongues. It's not hard. You need to just open your mouth, begin to move your lips and your tongue and put 
volume behind it. God gives you the words. He gives you the utterance. Put volume behind it. Right? And once you hear yourself praying in tongues, you will be more convinced than anything. And the same way, when I learned to pray in tongues down inside my spirit without moving my tongue or my mouth or my lips, I immediately did it like if I was shouting. And that, you know why I did it? Because my head was trying to get in the way, but I kept feeling this pull. So I just would shout it. In fact, do that right now. Shout it in tongues underneath your breath, under, in your spirit. Go. Okay, where do you feel it? You feel it pulling down right here. Because it's your spirit. And I tell you what, if you ever get tired physically, have you ever been tired? Sometimes I get off the airplane and I got two hours to get showered up and I lay down on my bed and I'll say, all right, Lord, I'm just going to take a few minutes. I'm going to pray in tongues here and just, you know, let you talk to me. It's very effective. Amen. Amen. And it's also great for not waking up your wife and uh, praying in tongues like that too. But isn't it amazing? I want to say this. Mr. Red Eye, how in the heck did he know? (laughs) I don't get that. That's still a mystery to me. But he must have been able to feel something in this. Don't you think? I think he was a warlock. He came in contact with true power. The power of God, yeah.